Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast, where, as usual, the two of us are sat around the desk of Insight to give you our thoughts for the next 20 minutes or so of important matters in and around the hotel investment space. Uh, my name is Chris Bound, the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst. And we are coming towards results season, but before we get there, we're having a quick look at uh, some of the half yearly reviews that have come out recently, taking a look at what's going on uh, in the markets. And it seems things are slightly becalmed at the moment. Uh, they've gone a little bit quiet, uh, not least because we are in a world where uh, lots of folk are still getting themselves and their heads adjusted to the higher debt uh, environment. Uh, so the, the consequence of that is that uh, hotel investment deal volumes have slipped right back. Um, we, we had an update from Christie, an update from Savills and various other agents um, pointing out that uh, perhaps deal volume, certainly in the UK, has perhaps uh, halved. Uh, it's gone even quieter, dropped by a larger amount in, in Germany. Um, and uh, the, But despite all this, they're fairly confident things will pick up through the second half of the year, uh, not less, least because there is still this sort of um, wall of money uh, sitting there on the sidelines, a lot of it in private equity hands, because uh, people are kind of perhaps slowly come to the realisation that the big gap between buyer and seller needs to narrow. And so that, that sort of dose of realism, and also the acceptance that actually um, you can find debt uh, if you need it at uh, perhaps the right sort of level, or perhaps you just have to work it out on a new level and uh, go into battle and try and do a deal on that basis. So all is not lost. Things look like they should be picking up, just so long as the Bank of England and other big banks, don't, other central banks, don't uh, start playing around too much with interest rates anymore. Mm, well, I think sadly we will see quite a few more rises there actually but um, certainly if we go back to s sort of six months six months ago the beginning of this year um, you mentioned Christian Co there uh, Chris and mm -hmm. we did a piece on their sort of annual outlook um, and you know we, we largely agreed with their what they were saying then that uh, H1 bad H2 quite a bit better I think um, on all camps now we're in the position that um, H2 you know a bit better but not anywhere near as much as um, as hoped in terms of this deal flow piece and this is because the the interest rate tightening cycle is proving to be that much longer and it's going that much higher than had been hoped um so you know there are it's been floating around all over the place frankly so you know we're, initially it was all week you know in terms of the bank of england it was going to get to maybe five percent and then there was great fears oh it's going to get to over seven percent and we seem to be you know consensus seems to be settling currently um at around just under six percent um so I dug out something from Goldman Sachs. Um, it's their UK economic and market outlook. Um, they reckon there's three further rate rises in the can from the bank in in the pipe from the Bank of England, um, each of 25 basis points. So August, September, and the final one in November, um, taking us to 5.75%, um, which. Uh, um, which, which is going to be grim, but it, it's not sort of world-ending kind of thing. So um, uh, we're, we're probably going to see, uh, we're recording this on Monday, um, later this week, we're going to see the Bank of England 
you know put that 25 bips increase in um it, it's going to be tough it's going to get difficult but um i think the it, it, what it in terms of deal flow it does mean is that we're going to see um you know a further hiatus um a few things are getting done but there's there's certainly no sort of dam breaking as it were um a couple of other things i looked at um just to sort of get a, a sense of where we are where we're at so i looked at two of the the giant financial whales and their um h2 results um so blackstone and goldman sachs uh, we've already mentioned so um during blackstone's second quarter conference call john gray the coo um he said uh defaults are gonna go higher um, but it's not going to be like the global financial crisis of 2008-2009. Um, right now in the US, um, actually defaults are below their long-run average. They're at 2.7% versus the average of 3%. And what Gray said was, look, um, why it's different this time is because we've got this very strong earnings momentum. I mean, he pointed to his own portfolio where um, it was reported there was a 12% increase in earnings. Um, in addition, you've got um, much lower leverage out there. So whereas in the run-up to the GFC, we're talking 70% plus, we're significantly below that. And now, you know, as we've talked about you know in the, in this icr is the new ltv kind of thing it is that interest cover that really matters in terms of getting the debt funding in place but um nonetheless that does mean there's room um uh, uh, for uh, people um that they're not we're not going to see the necessarily the the, the straightforward going bang kind of defaults that we did during the GFC because there isn't that that level of leverage there's enough equity in most deals that they can be restructured and rescued in one way or t'other um, without going through a formal process of of restructuring so I mean it, it's quite a change there um, it's quite interesting too if you we're looking at Blackstone and Goldman Sachs um, the, the 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 differing sort of results they had so blackstone had something of a stellar quarter um comparatively they passed through the us dollar one trillion in assets under management um during july um you know remember back in 1985 um this company was only just starting out with 400,000 um us dollars of seed capital so it's quite a um, you know it's become a huge whale in in very short period of time on the other hand goldman sachs um they reported a very difficult set of numbers um, a 40 a 58 drop in earnings and their return on equity dropping down to four percent now this is the worst among the top u.s banks now one of the reasons goldman's is suffering is because they use their own balance sheet much more than their their rival banks um but you know and they're sort of retreating from that a bit they said um and a big part of that profit hit was a write down they made on that principle uh um, both lending and investment so 1.15 billion they wrote down so this is a big you know a big whack um that they they took um so quite contrasting but the good news from um goldman sachs was that they're saying look um they think deals are going to start flowing again and they're anticipating that their investment banking revenues which depend on these deals and 
in particular the likes of Blackstone um, to get going and get doing deals they believe that is going to start happening and uh, the market believed Goldman Sachs and um, you know the management team's presentation because despite these quite poor numbers um, Goldman Sachs shares went up seven percent in that same week so it's quite a quite a contrast there so terrible actual um, reporting but or, or pretty bad reporting but the outlook looks much stronger and I think you know if we take at face value what these two giant financial whales Blackstone and Goldman Sachs are saying in their outlooks I think we are due for a much better run over the coming quarters um, it's probably going to be into uh, next year however before things really start getting going now ahead of uh, results season um, where we're, we're about to hear from the hotel groups themselves as to how they think the rest of the year is going to play out we have uh, taken the temperature fire another route um, and had a had a look and a listen and a read of some other kind of metrics that have, uh, that have come out recently uh, one of those is an opinion survey uh, across Europe uh, undertaken by booking.com and Statistica uh, speaking to operators in the accommodation sector uh, the accommodation barometer and uh, the other is uh, some numbers from Amadeus who of course have uh, a lot of data they can rely on in terms of uh, looking at the the bookings they control manage and help facilitate um, across the globe um, and it does seem like um, well as uh, the booking and statistica barometer said they reckon 2023 truly has the potential to be a historic year for the european accommodation sector so um a uh, by and large, uh, sentiment is, uh, is is much more positive than it was last year, and is and is in, in highly positive territory. Uh, and um, this aligns with the information that Amadeus gave us, which suggests that uh, by and large, um, their demand through the the summer and as far as they can see is looking um, consistently strong uh, the kind of forward bookings are approaching the kind of levels that um, they were pre-pandemic and um, all is set fair yeah well we headlined this piece um a trading super cycle and I, I, I do think that is the case we've we've had the most phenomenal of recoveries and it seems that this is just continuing um and and it's defying all expectations so you know as we came out of the whole lockdown farago that that we endured um the consensus was that we're going to see a tepid and careful recovery consumers worrying about cleanliness social distancing and all of this kind of stuff well it was nothing of the sort it just came roaring back the demand you know people were just gagging to get out there to meet people to travel to to enjoy what they hadn't had for the last two years during this this nonsense of shutting people up um you know worse in some countries than others but um you know this this clear bonkers period we had um uh, that there was an instant snapback from it um and it was you know consumers not only had the appetite to spend but they had the means to spend as well the um the savings that accumulated um in mostly i mean obviously if you were sort of a hospitality worker and many other workers who were directly impacted by lockdowns are less so but for many particularly office workers you know they accumulated significant savings and net net across the economy consumers were in a lot stronger position at the end of the lockdowns than they were at the beginning and this big pile of 
cash what did they want to do with it they wanted to spend it on stuff they weren't allowed to do during the two years they were growing this pile of cash um and so we had this this phenomenal you know rocket-like recovery and as the the mother of all recoveries really we had coming through and it you know the only constraint on that was the you know there's the odd niggling ridiculous sort of restriction still in place um and and frankly people were you know um companies were unable to cope with the the pickup um um uh, particularly bad were airlines actually and they've they have been an ongoing constraint um so i uh, you know, and I think what we're seeing now as we come into this next piece, we, again, we saw these headlines, oh, the cost of living is going to, you know, destroy the um, all consumer cyclical businesses. Um, well, not so much in the case of um, hospitality, actually. Um, we've seen ongoing strength in overall demand. Um, and, you know, we are shifting um, from a position where sort of it was all driven by rate to a position where it's... Um, um being driven by occupancy coming coming back so if normal recoveries are about occupancy building back then you get right well this is just the fantastic reverse of that for fantastic from a profitability perspective in that what we're seeing are companies able to push rates up get those profits straight back up and then you know carry on building through growing growing occupancy and and you know if you um, you, you dig out some numbers um, so I looked at uh, um, the latest data from STR and what they're talking about is occupancy now at a post lockdown high um, globally um, and that recovery um, and we, we're seeing so the increase in occupancy now beginning to overtake uh, the increase in uh, room rate so occupancy was up 7.1 percentage points for the um, the week what was it, the week ending 8th of July the latest str numbers um and adr was up 7.4 uh, percent for that week so overall revpar was up a whopping 18.7 percent year on year so it's phenomenal growth in the top line way above inflation very 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 strong recovery but and also there's this other piece which was going on which is this doom and gloom around what was going to be happening particularly on b2b the the business travel piece now it's undoubtedly the case that business travel remains a an area of of difficulty particularly for larger corporates i think for smes that's come roaring back um they've had to get on the road they've had to keep growing their businesses corporates have been a the bigger corporates have been a bit more cautious and that transient business travel piece has not come back but the bit that really has roared back is mice so the whole meetings and events um that's that's roared away um and you know a clear example of that let, let's look at the the world's biggest uh, b2b event company in former markets their 2019 uh revenues um rather their 20 um their latest h1 revenues in 2023 were ahead of h1 in 2019 um so that's for that's just clear evidence of how strong this this bounce back has been at the world's number two b2b company uh relex um the owner of the the mipim event in Cannes. um they've still got revenue if from on the event side down on 2019 levels but what they said i mean partly this is because they they had a bit of a trimming and cut 
cut out some of the things they didn't want to do um, but their full year operating margin is is going to be above where it was um, before lockdowns so this this is a very very strong position um, and during lockdown people probably remember bonkers predictions from the likes of Bill Gates saying business travel would only come back to 50% of what it was well I mean he was utterly wrong um, and um, you know certainly on the mice market piece as well what we're seeing is is it's just snapped back even stronger if anything um, to, compared to where it was I looked at a, a consulting firm that specializes in this area stacks um, and they're saying that actually the the, the global value of the ex exhibition industry market is going to be just three percent down on its value in 2019 by the end of next year and the only reason it's down is because it's um, the recovery in china is um, significantly slower than everywhere else exclude china and it will be significantly above so i mean you know frankly chris i think what we can talk about is <laughs> that we've you know we had a lot of people suffering from lockdown derangement yep. syndrome when it came to looking at you know what what the the future trading was going to be absolutely now we've uh, we've said we we're, we're trailing uh, the upcoming uh, second quarter results and uh, here we are with the first uh, ones out of the traps uh, we have had a look at uh, the scandinavian groups uh, pandox and scandic who have delivered their second quarter and first half numbers um, both ex extraordinarily strong um, scandic of course a uh, an operator of uh, of hotels across the Nordics um, and largely a leasehold player uh, had a really tough pandemic with all those rents to pay but has bounced back extremely strongly having put themselves on a big uh, big diet um, and Pandox the landlord um, uh, a, a substantial business uh, with with substantial borrowings but uh, very carefully organized um, and as a landlord has uh, navigated very cleverly through the uh, the pandemic and has actually just recently started buying hotels again um, they've got a much more pan-european outlook because they obviously own quite a lot of hotels in Germany and the UK and other European nations as well as uh, the Nordics um, but again both businesses where they've uh, seen a substantial uptick in business and things are looking good for the rest of the year yeah one of the useful things pandox does when it um, um, gives its presentation to investors um, it invites along sdr to give a presentation as well and just talk about the overall market and how that's doing um, and uh, sdr talked about the year to year to date um, ending in may um, and we've already mentioned uh, a few of the things the most recent str numbers but look at this as a more in-depth presentation for that that period to the end of may um and you know what they're saying is if you index uh to, to 100 um the brevpar performance in 2019 look at a city like paris it's at 152 um city like rome is 147 all gateway cities across europe are are pretty much stronger than where they were in um in uh, 2019 um, in particular what we had seen during the recovery was a sort of lagging at these bigger cities but now that that lag has all gone um so this is a you know it's a true recovery across all aspects of of the sector really um and you know 
Europe's laggard has been Germany, its biggest economy, um, and it has partly because of how the Germans reacted during COVID, I would suggest, in terms of they were particularly strict um, 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 over the whole uh, lockdown piece um, <laughs> in sharp contrast to the Nordics and Sweden in particular mm. where they of course didn't have any lockdown at all um, and you know across Europe probably the UK was the first to recover followed by the, the Nordics the rest of Europe and then sort of Germany now is, is pulling up the rear and that's you know it, but it's getting there and it's getting pretty pretty good we're also seeing good business travel recovery um look at the weekday corporate um the weekday demand which is a good indication of you know where corporate demand is that that's getting stronger and stronger now rather than just being sort of leisure driven we saw that unusual recovery again where sort of the weekends were stronger than the weekdays um during the recovery um but um, uh, what this is doing, I think, is really putting sort of wind in the sails of operators like Scandic. And Scandic, you know, at the start of lockdown, and not, you know, I think we referenced this. We we had them in the list of companies likely to be, you know, uh, amongst the mm. biggest sufferers, um, and they certainly were hit very hard um, because of their um, leased portfolio. Um, you know, they've figured out um you know what they knew beforehand they you know there are a lot of turnover related leases they were switching into um but they're even more um intent on actually weeding out those um fixed leases now um and the latest results they said just 12 percent of their portfolio is completely fixed um a fifth just over a fifth is completely turnover related without any uh uh fixed minimum so that you know they're in a very very good position from that the other thing i'd suggest where um i think scandic is is well positioned um is its push into the economy segment um and the launch of its new go brand which um i think the second one um pandox has just signed yeah, um, signed up with well the other way around isn't it Scandic mm -hmm. signed a lease with Pandox of course um, in Stockholm um, for a property um, so th this is uh, you know uh, and I think we're, you know they're going to push this out and I think they're very well positioned for that and we've, we've spoken about this before in the context of Whitbread and B&B and Motel One um, that you know if if you are an owner or the effective owner through a lease of the property you get to control those hard aspects which are much more important for economy brands um you know the fixtures and fittings and equipment piece um you get direct control over that and that gives enables you to be more fleet of foot and just get out there and get things done and um i do think that you know they have an advantage if you are a lease player or a owner operator player over the franchise players particularly in this uh, economy segment um and, and from scandic's perspective you know they've got very little in the way of competition up there um you know in germany there's whitbread this bnb this motel one um all out there gunning for this market but in in the nordics i think scandic are very nicely positioned. and now we turn to our five star and no star awards for this week and uh, five stars are going to the strength the continued strength of uh, the recovery and of the hotel business yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can't, uh, 
you can't knock it can you i mean it's just incredible and i have to say it is surpassing <laughs> you know <laughs> my, my the wildest dreams i'd suggest of, for most um operators in terms of how strong this has been and it's um you know um, the likes of chris nasetto the ceo of hilton who talked about a golden age of travel well you know he's not no, looking he's not. wrong is he? and uh, no stars this week are for um fires we seem to have had a fair few of them and uh, they're not helpful for hotels no um and yeah i mean there is a there's a little bit of me which i just see some of these news reports and you know look at what's gone on in in roads and it you know it, it i'd hate it and it'd be very difficult and inconvenient but you know You've had to spend a few nights on a gym floor. Well, you know, it's, it's <laughs> get on with it. I mean, I had a not dissimilar thing in Japan when I went travelling with my son for the Rugby World Cup, and we we, we the the typhoon hit, and uh, we spent the night in uh, in in a school gym, um, and sheltering from it. It was actually quite a fun experience. Um, but the Japanese, as always, were super organised, and um, everything was back up and running by midday the next day. So incredible recovery, and you know, frankly, I think um, I think it's slightly overblown. It's something that's weak. Journalists call it the silly season over the summer. You know, the politicians have gone on their holidays, and there's, there's less to write about. So probably. Th- stories which wouldn't normally make the front pages unfortunately do make the front pages and uh, some of this is uh, um, I, I would suggest what's gone in gone on in places well, there like go. and on an overheated note we'll say goodbye for now